Hey everybody, I'm Micah Rich. And I'm Olivia Kane. And here we are with the weekly typographic. Again Podcast. on a Thursday. <laughs> Podcast. Oh jeez. <laughs> this is this is gonna be a recurring theme for the entire time that we ever do this in our I lives. Know. That's fun. Um <clears throat> we're actually both really jazzed because we just got out of Type Thursday, New York yeah. City. We heard lots of great type critiques, saw lots of work, lettering, text faces, display faces, backslants. Some type specimens. Those were really cool. I was Yes. I knew me and you were on the same level during that type specimen critique. We're like, I have so many things to say, but how do you pare it down into one thing and also be encouraging? Because it also looked that type specimen was really pretty. Yeah. And that was uh, there was a couple of people who were uh, taking the type design class at Cooper Union. Yeah. So they had pretty legitimate work. Yeah. That was good stuff. They like knew the proofs. They came so prepared. This is great because we're already on the tangent. I know. This is oh, super, God. But we we had a great time. Tons of type nerdy stuff. And, uh, you know, now we get to talk about the cool type nerdy stuff that we found this week. Yeah. It's going to be a little bit of a short one. It wasn't like a bursting at the seams uh, week for type news. But there's some hidden gems we found in there um, from the various people contributing this week. And I want to start out with a YouTube video about typography. <laughs> there's not many out there, but I found a really great one that kind of explained a concept that I feel like I'm constantly explaining to people. And they did it in this wonderfully visual way. Um, Here's the thing. I've seen other... Uh like motion graphics, infographic videos from this company, Vox. Yeah, how uh, do you feel about it? I think they're amazing. I think they do really? a fantastic job. Yeah. So I, I was excited that you found this one about one of my favorite fonts of all time. I didn't find this one. In fact, Mirko, right, right. Um, on the other side of the world, sent this over. I found um, an article by Douglas Thomas, the author of Never Use Futura, mm-hmm. and it was an adapted article. Um, from the book. And I feel like we've talked a lot about the book. And so he kind of gave this to me as a tangent. And so it's called The Font That Escaped the Nazis and Landed on the Moon. And it's just like a such one- a good title. Such a great Very title fun. and so accurate. Futura just has had such a history, such a political history, such like so many defining moments were defined with Futura, like the landing on the moon. Um, that I, I just, this video really did it justice. The production quality is extremely high for mm. a bo- for a video about a fawn. <laughs> like that's the thing. Like there's no glamour shots. There's no models. There's no people. It's literally just like books and typefaces. And they made it really dynamic and really interesting, and kind of explained the history, which I feel like I'm always trying to do because I'm really excited about Futura most of the time. Um, and they did it in like a really lovely way. It almost reminds you of a Wes Anderson film. First of all, there's of. Futura in there. Sure. Yeah, that's a good point. <laughs> Yeah, this yeah. this is super cool. I'm I'm thanks for finding this Mirko. Um <clears throat> It wasn't even published recently. It was published last year in February. I can't believe this just escaped us. <laughs> Especially considering our obsession. I know. I feel like most recently been talking about Futura a lot. I mean, I think it's it's one of its birthdays. Fortieth, fiftieth, sixtieth. That's my <laughs> bunch- big range. <laughs> Crap, yeah, I should be better at this. Um but that's why there was a lot of books coming out about Futura lately, if anyone else seemed to notice this. I guess I didn't realize that. Well, I just always thought it was interesting that the book Never Used Futura talks about how Helvetica became kind of our mainstream font in the 2000s, and that's what's making Futura kind of come back as, like, not so mainstream and overdone and ubiquitous, but it kind of, like, somehow captures, like, the retro, sleek future edge that 
I don't know, makes it amazing and unique and makes it the reason why we made Leak Spartan. That, that makes me a little sad that it's coming back, if it's coming back, just because I'm selfish and it's... I've, yeah, I, want it I mean, myself. I've been using Control a lot more than I used to, <laughs> so I have a feeling it is. But um, yeah, it's just like a really nice video that we hope you all enjoy. Yeah, so that's a good one. Check that out. Super fun. Yeah. Um, the next one we're going to talk about... <laughs> We can talk about this one. Uh, how to use variable fonts in the real world. I'm not going to spend too long on this article. Wait, do you, do you realize who this is, though? Richard Rudder. No. Uh, I actually backed his Kickstarter, personally. What? For a book on how to... It was like a handbook on how to use typography on the web. It was awesome. It was kind of like him reimagining, you know, from his own perspective, uh, Robert Bringhurst's rules... <gasps> But how they apply to the web. He did a whole Kickstarter. Uh, I feel awful because I actually haven't read the book, but I was like so excited about it. Oh, um, wow. And so Richard Rudder, I know him from that. I reached out to him once. And he also runs a, uh, 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 what do you call it? A conference. Oh, wow. Uh, revolving around web oh, and typography. Web typography? Cool. Yeah. Well, he seems like the go-to guy for um, web type because I kind of I read a little bit about this. I'm never putting fonts on the web, to be honest, but doesn't mean that other people should know how to. <laughs> um, and as everyone's always so curious about variable fonts, it kind of actually is like really informationally helpful um, for someone that wants to try out variable fonts on the web. Um, it literally just holds your hand and it's like, here's what you do now. Here's step two. Here's step three. And I think they said that variable fonts have 60% um, accessibility on browsers now. Really? So 60% of browsers can hold variable fonts and use them. Interesting. I was actually using variable fonts at work the other day. I was playing with the um, Minion Pro variable font built into Illustrator. And it was it was a good time. I actually kind of did what I needed it to do. I, I have to admit, I, I haven't even played with one. Neither had I before this moment. But my workplace has 2018 Illustrator, which I've never had before... Mm. Yes, last week. Um, and so I was actually trying to match the Yale font. And I tried to be kosher and not download the Yale font because you're not supposed to. You can download the Yale font. Anyone can do it, but you're not supposed to use it unless you're a student or a professor there. Wait, what do you mean? Like it is legal for you to have it, but not to use it? They, that sounds There's sketchy. a download link, but they ask that only people at Yale, like professors and students, use it. What is the license, though? I don't know. We can look into it as later. A, as a font license nerd, I'm curious. Yeah. I think they like had a really pretty well-established designer design their font. It's beautiful. Huh. Anyways, so I had to match it, and Minion Pro is very close. And I, do I love Minion Pro. It's great. Yeah. And I had to get the weight similar, and so I just like moved the slider until it looked approximately correct. And there you go. That's kind of cool. I don't know. That was kind of a long-winded story for not a very exciting <laughs> outcome. <laughs> But, uh, um, this is uh, from what this is saying, though. Source Sans uh, is an open source variable font. Oh, which I did it? not know before. This I, now they, they must have updated it. They have a release for uh, variable fonts. That's possible, but it's also possible someone took took the font and just made it variable if they had the correct code, right? Uh, I suppose it could have been like someone else contributing to it. But this is, I'm, you know, I'm looking at the official mm -hmm. repository from Adobe. Oh. And it is a release that they have on their site. I can't, you know, it's oh, wow. tough to tell at the moment if it was like oh. from internal at Adobe or someone who 
made a pull request and brought it back in or whatever. But that's legit. Yeah, I want to play with that now. That's yeah. Interesting. So so this is a great article. I mean, yes, it's very informative. <laughs> I, I this is I, a great article for me for who you, works on the web. Which I mean, I'm sure like 80 percent of people listening work on the web. I see what you guys click on. It's always the that's not creepy. Always the web typography, never the nerdy print type <laughs> design links that I get excited about. We're excited about all of them. <laughs> that's true. That's true. Okay, so just like want to give this as a really great resource for people that want to try out variable fonts. Um, this this reminds me of a thing that I just wanted to share, just in my yeah, personal please. experience in the last week. Um, I was kind of trying to pitch my work on oh. a slightly different uh, branding angle uh-huh. after some conversations with the big boss man and whatever. Oh, at work. Yeah, at okay. work, work, and. Um, and I couldn't quite find the font that I had in my brain that I wished mm-hmm. existed. And I was like, I'm sure something like this exists, but I can't think of it. And uh, I went over to our friends at Prototypo. Mm-hmm. And I used one of their templates. And I like oh. m- modified some of the things. If you don't know Prototypo, it's a very unique tool uh, made by a really awesome team in France. Who uh, It's a web tool. And you can... Uh, they call it parametric fonts. So it's it's that you're adjusting the entire font with sliders, essentially. Yeah, think about type design, and it's all done by sliders. Which I am happy to find out that it's not all done by sliders. You kind of start with the sliders, and then you can dig in deeper and adjust as yeah. you go. And But honestly, like, in a few hours, I suddenly had something that I was like, this is pretty much what I was looking for. And I came in, you know, it's the future. on a Monday, and I was like, hey, guys, so I uh, I made you a font called Citizen Sans, and they were like, what, what do you mean you made it? What? Oh, my God. Oh, my God. I love it. And it was just fantastic. It was really fun. They didn't use it. but Throw out the type design card. I can do this. Uh, I love it. You know, I mean, to be fair, I was like, well, I didn't, I didn't make it. I, you know, I explained a little bit, but... Crafted it. It was just really fun. This is not an advertisement, uh, even though I would love to advertise for them. Yeah, um, I think just because really they're cool. it's super cool. Um, wait, that, okay, so this that, is a perfect segue into this article that is now up on the screen. We're actually together in person this week. Mostly we do this remote, but now we get to share a computer. It's exciting and a wonderful view of Midtown Manhattan. Lots of tourists are staring back at us. <laughs> Here's all the microphones. Who are those weird nerds on microphones? <laughs> um, okay, so. You found this article, Micah. Sure did. Um, and it's extremely long, <laughs> but very exciting. Um, interview with David Jonathan Ross and Nick Sherman, who are like pretty, are very well known in the type design industry. Not pretty well known and kind of like a little bit of experts of like the field and kind of the future of type design and like web and um, like just super nerdy, but um, really have fascinating outlook on the future to be honest i didn't read the whole thing i read most of it it's really long not say that's not really exciting but um it's it's interesting they kind of both share what where they think type design's going and i know i don't know if this is a pull quote that comes from the website but they're saying that our era is going to be the era in type design that was defined mostly by people spending time with bezier curves but like you said you were using prototypo, using sliders to design type. Mm-hmm. It like there's going to be a day when we aren't going to be using a pen tool. I don't think to like draw every single component of a typeface like we're doing right now. I don't buy that. You don't buy that. I think I I, just I didn't think, say I the just... whole typeface. I said 
I said <laughs> you're like I don't remember what I said. No, I mean, no, I just I just don't believe that there's ever going to be one way to do it. That's true. That's all. That, like anytime anybody is saying in a few years we're all going to be doing it this way, I don't buy it. There's still going to be people who are like, I don't like sliders. I'm going to draw it by hand. That's true. But I do agree that the tools to to do it are going to be more advanced in the direction of not having to know that. Like the technology is going to start assisting us even more than it is now. Oh, automation is so real. <laughs> <laughs> um, even with glyphs, I mean, I guess I, I take a lot of it for granted, but like you put in a metric into your width field and the width of your stem for a letter becomes that metric. You're not, you know, counting, you're not poking your finger like 50 times on the down arrow to get something what you want. Um, I think there's actually a lot of automation going on right now. It's just, it's interesting. Um, it's definitely for the true type nerds out there. <laughs> um, but and it's and it's an interview format, which personally I'm never that behind. Maybe that's. I honestly would have liked to see them do this like in a video. I just yeah. like want to see some people dance about the future of type. That's a good idea. Noted. <laughs> um. But they do reference a bunch of really cool things. That was why I thought this article was so cool. It's just because like they referenced like a bajillion things. Like, uh, I mean, if you don't know a list apart, which is a really awesome design it's related blog. Oh. It's design and development, but okay. they have a lot of great articles about design. They reference that and link to it in here. Yeah, they do. They're, I mean, they're showing off a bunch of the work, which is really awesome. Yeah. To be fair, I'm pretty familiar with like their work and have been around it. I went to typographics. Nick Sherman did the whole identity for that. Um, I'm pretty familiar with like Bond the Month Club, but I wasn't a year ago. Hmm. So, you know, I'm just biased because I'm super nerdy, but this is like a great resource. Even if you're like, don't know much about type design, but are curious about all the different ways it's done and done by professional successful people. I think it's kind of like a good even segue into that. Yeah. Yeah. So. Um, and they, they actually, very specifically reference spectral by production type. Uh, which, which is an open source Google font? Yes, and also is a parametric font. Oh, interesting. In relation to what we were just talking about. Well, yeah, they're talking about the future of whether things are going to be free, things are going to be paid for, what that means. Yeah. And um, David Jonathan Ross, one of the people interviewed, has some fonts on Google Fonts, which I actually encountered for the first time the other day when I was on Google Fonts. I actually um, didn't know that. That's, that's Yeah. Awesome. He's a, just like a really well-known type designer and put some fonts on Google Fonts. Yeah. So check it out. I definitely think it's something worth at least like scrolling through. All right. What else we got? Okay. Um, this one's really quick. Just some free fonts out there. Inria Sands, Inria Serif. I've been a big fan of what Black Foundry has been doing lately. They did Vesterboro. Vesterboro? Um, it was one of their... Yeah, Vesterbro. They made this incredible white, uh, microsites. Beautiful. They have, like, really... Microsites I really can get behind. Um, but they released some open source fonts called Inria Sands and Inria Serif for Inria, which I'm not familiar with, but I think is a non, non-for-profit non situation. Maybe something to do with education? This is terrible. <laughs> I read about this article, like, weeks ago, but I just want to make sure everyone knew. I mean, they're very well-designed typefaces they remind me a lot of untitled serif and untitled sans hmm. well like i mean the style of the, just like of the, the style is not, not extremely so. legible type without like an incredible amount of ornamentation 
It seems more opinionated. It is a little more opinionated. I mean, until it was Sam Not in a bad way, just saying. It took a know. long time to become so neutral. Right. Um, but I love that this is open source. It's on GitHub, if that means anything to... GitHub, so scary. Some of you nerds out there. Uh, that makes me happy. And just flipping more and more, we are finding awesome professional type designers embracing the idea that some things in their catalog can be open source. That just fills my heart up with love. I've actually been using a lot of open source fonts lately at work. Just Um, because they're the right ones? It's just working? Multiple reasons. You know, my new workplace isn't the most font sophisticated, as they call it. I don't think anybody calls it that. Um, So I've been on Google Fonts a lot. I'm actually doing a project that requires at least like 10 typefaces for an identity. So I got to find the fonts. And a lot of them got to be those open source babies. Yeah. So, yeah, I just want to share that. And last but not least, one of, like, most unusual articles for us here on the League, which is not at all type-related, it's about color. It's about the forgotten language of color. It's very poetic for us. Like, we're getting away from, like, the variable fonts, this is how you do it, put it in your code, into here are some colors that used to be named this and no longer are, and it was all by the naturalists, so I'm assuming that's, like, Darwin and people. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's adapted book called what Werner's nomenclature of colors. I mean, it's a Can little, I just say yeah. that is, no, that is not stuffy. That is beautiful. It's like very kind that of is like league of movable type. Say, beautiful. It's very on brand <laughs> for our mission as league. But if you flip through, it's really lovely. They have some close ups in the articles by co-design of some of the names. Oh, and it's just, first of all, it's gorgeous. a beautiful print. Um, it's in like a beautiful, lovely round hand. And the names they have for these things are kind of just crazy. Yeah, you have to look really close. But dark streaks of leaves on cayenne pepper. <laughs> like, what? I don't know. They're King's just... Yellow. I love that What's one. What's it called? King's Yellow. Oh. That's beautiful. It's the head of golden pheasant. So they just named these colors after things they were seeing in nature. And- you know what else? I, I mean, I'm a, I'm a closet uh, Darwin nerd. Oh, are you? And I, I follow a Twitter account. Oh my God. That is that is Darwin, what he would be tweeting as he is like going around discovering that. the globe. It's beautiful. Oh, that sounds lovely. But I, lo- I love the like history. It's such a weird, unexpected reference, and the history here is just really neat. Yeah. Well, the article, like once again, co-design. I feel like we'll publish these articles kind of before a really nerdy book comes out. That's how we found about found out about Never Use Futura. Um, and so they do have a link. You can buy this facsimile of the nomenclature of colors um, and i kind of want to get one <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> they're really lovely <laughs> um so yeah not the most from smithsonian books it's only, only 14 dollars yeah 14.95 so you know i wanted to end on a more all-around design thinking type situation that's not at all relevant to ui ux artificial intelligence <laughs> programming fonts on sliders <laughs> It's totally. I love it. It's it's historical. It's it's handmade from from a time that none of us were alive, and it's literally just painted squares naming colors after things that are in nature. <laughs> just really simple and lovely. Bringing it back to to, to the originals. Yeah. So I don't know. It was kind of a short week for type news, but definitely worth sharing. And it's okay. It was a fun week too. Like a, a wide variety of of, of neat. Random things. I like it. Yeah, that's good. Some open source fonts, some colors, 
uh, an interview with a bunch of references for cool things that you should yeah. click on. Yeah, I, I do think that's like the most valuable part of that interview. They just like link to a gazillion things that you could just go on tangents. Yeah, super cool. Yeah. So, um, last but not least, yes, Olivia and I have been talking about yes. uh, finding awesome people to interview. Yeah. On the podcast. Yeah. Um, I mean, we're going to try to find people in New York City to start, but we would love to meet people, you know, over the internet too. And have, you know, a cool, fun interview. So if anybody out there has some good ideas of someone that we should be talking to. We'd love to hear from you. Yeah. So, uh, you know, email us, tweet us, the normal gig. Yeah. That could be fun. It's going to be fun. It's going to happen. (laughs) Not it can happen. It will happen. I like that positive attitude. I'm pumped. All right. So thanks, everybody, for another awesome week. And we will see you next time. See ya, everyone.